Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive in June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive in June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. The following is a presentation of the Four Center podcast feed. From the center of the galaxy, this is the Four Center Podcast Feed, and this particular episode of the Four Center Podcast Feed is the Clone Wars Report. <laughs> the screams of the Alina, is that the noise that we got this week? 
It's representative of all kind of uh, characters trying to be not insensitive to Alina or uh, the uh, petites, whatever they're called. Uh, just a general, you know, back back of the galaxy planet that we're visiting. <laughs> yes, the, the sounds of small warriors who may yes. or may not have been misled by a dictator. Yeah, yes. there's a lot of small warriors. <laughs> Thank you. And I'm so glad that you broke the seal and you were the first to try to say that species name, uh, Petite. Uh, yeah, but, but because I, I, well, I, I don't know. I'm just trying not to accidentally say <laughs> yes. a different pronunciation that one could easily say when there are lots of T's and I's. Yes. Uh, we'll go, uh, yeah, now. Petite? Oh, Petite. Uh, my petite might be it. Uh, I, I'm settling on petite patuna. Uh, I feel like a, a petite is like some part of the body that my grandfather told me was hurting at some point. Of like my petite's acting up. Star Wars. It's the best. <laughs> anyway, we are here to talk about the Clone Wars. I'm Joseph Scrimshaw, and the person making the wonderful warrior noises is, of course, Ken Nabsock. Uh, we're very excited to get into this. We're into season four. Mm of the Clone Wars, and we're into, uh, I think, perhaps one of the most uh, uh, unique arcs of uh, the Clone Wars uh, series here. We're going to be talking about Season 4, Episode 5, Mercy Mission, written by Bonnie Mark and directed by Danny Keller. Season 5, Episode 5, Nomad Droids, written by Steve Mitchell and Craig Van Sickle and directed by Stuart Lee. Ken, is we were, before I get into the summary, I'm just curious, as we were approaching these episodes, did you remember they were coming or did you like hit play and go, oh yeah, the droid ones? I did not remember, and the only reason I knew is for this chunk of Clone Wars on those behind-the-scenes featurettes that they're putting on, that they have on StarWars.com, as you had mentioned last time out, it's not Floney talking about one episode. It's just, just general fan Q&A over a chunk of episodes. And so they talk about Orphine, the kind of frog-like uh, uh, nymph, kind of magic elf nymph that shows up. And, and I was like, oh, oh, no. <laughs> oh, what is, I can't, oh, I don't even, I kind of remember this, but don't. So I had a little bit of heads up going in, but no, other than that, it was press play and try to remember. Yeah, I think that in my mind, when I had been speeding through all of these episodes, uh, when I first watched The Clone Wars in 2014, this is the, the section that I was enjoying very much, but just speed watching to get to Maul. Uh, that I think these episodes initially blended a little bit uh, with the uh, infamous uh, uh, D-Squad um, that we'll be talking about later. Um, but then I rewatched these relatively recently with my wife. Uh, so they were sticking out in my mind again. Of And I was so excited to get to them to go like, well, what's I remember events, but what's really going on? So I'm excited mm -hmm. to dig in. Yeah. Yeah. So here is the summary then. Uh, are you ready? Oh, I am more ready for these summaries than any summary you've done. <laughs> Excellent. Here we go. A mission of mercy. Commander Wolf is diverted from the war effort to answer a call for help. Earthquakes have ravaged the planet of Aline. To assist with this mercy mission, Senator Padme Amidala sends her loyal droids, C-3PO, to translate, and R2-D2 to fix the damaged computer systems. Anxious to return to the front lines, Commander Wolf fails to understand the true situation, but 3PO and R2 discover what is truly going on under the surface. Literally. Directed by the Alina, the droid duo travels underground and discovers the sentient race of tree people known as the Kindaloo and the mysterious spiritual guide frog nymph Orphine. They reveal the subterranean beings and the Alina cannot breathe one another's air. 
a vital seal was broken, and in retaliation, the subterranean beans caused massive earthquakes. Thiripio and Artu solve a riddle to get back to the surface and restore the seal, saving all the different people of Aline. Victory, kind of, because that's only the first episode. Then, on their way home, home aboard Jedi Master Adigalia's starship, the Republic is attacked by General Grievous. 3 po and R2 flee in a Y-Wing and crash land on a mysterious planet called Petite Petuna, <laughs> where they meet a clan of petite uh, people, uh, small warriors with electrified weapons. These warriors are under the brutal rule of a corpulent dictator known as Big Hezu. 3PO accidentally assassinates him. The people are thrilled. Uh, after a good effort to establish democracy, R2 and 3PO fly away in their Y-Wing, only to crash on the planet Balnab. There they discover the Balnab people are also being ruled by a harsh dictator. This one, named Albi Diwa, turns out to be a hologram projected by pit droids from a crashed ship. Artu reveals the pit droid truth and the Balnap people revolt. Fleeing once again, Artu and 3PO run out of power. They are picked up by Weequay pirates and forced to compete in a droid fighting ring. But wait, the pirate ship is fired on by General Grievous just for target practice. <laughs> Exploding out of the ship, Artu and 3PO make it onto a Separatist dreadnought, which is promptly boarded by Jedi Master Plo Koon and Commander Wolf. Finally reunited with the Republic, 3PO, a storyteller at heart, is eager to share their adventures. Plo Koon tells 3PO Commander Wolf would love to hear the stories. In truth, he would not. But 3PO begins anyway. This is the end for us, but not for Commander Wolf. That's wonderful. <laughs> I, uh, I muted my mic at one point to sip some iced tea, and you didn't hear one of my bigger laughs. <laughs> That's uh, that's wonderful. Point. Yeah, the, a lot going on in these two episodes. So yeah, let's dig into it. What was your overall reaction? Did you love these episodes? Like them? Struggle with them? Where are you at? I, I can't fully explain it. None of those choices apply. All of them. Apply. <laughs> uh, and I, I was looking at one of the notes there. I, I'm sure you stumbled on it too. But this is uh, considered one of the least watched episodes of Clone Wars by numbers. The first episode specifically, Mercy Mission. Um, whether that's downloads, I mean, streaming numbers are always a little weird. I don't know. I can't, I think it's like from 2019. Um, so, you know, there's some realities of this episode. They're a little different weird. But I got to tell you something. I, just, I love that these episodes exist. Uh, I, I look at it like, I look at it, the Clone Wars as a collective artist, you know, from Lucas Floney, Henry Gilroy, on down to the actual people credited for writing and directing these episodes. As an I, I just love it when, it when an artist just kind of goes off and does something really different. I always like celebrate that and consider it very confident. And it's like, you know, I don't know, Springsteen doing a album of just singing Denny menu items or something. Like, me. uh, so I might only listen to it once, but I, I'm just glad it's there because like I said, it's, it's an artistic confidence. And I really think, um, you know, they were like, crap, it's Star Wars is also influenced by Gulliver's travels and even Willow and even the Tempest. And let's just explore it. Yeah, um, no, this is. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh, and I just, I just kind of like that. I, 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 I might never watch these again unless Clone Wars uh, Report Version Two pops up for Force Center. But <laughs> I, I like that they exist. Yeah, I, I'm kind of with you. I really, really like them. They aren't necessarily going to be my go-to episodes, but in sort of digging a little bit deeper, I think I enjoyed them the most uh, ever uh, when I watched them mm -hmm. uh, this morning to get uh, ready for our recording. Uh, there's so much to love about them, but I think. For me, I'm starting in a similar place for you. Of the, there's so much great energy across the Clone Wars, but I think really ticking up in season three of the, we can just make the show we want to make. Um, 
Mm-hmm. Obviously, we know from behind the scenes that is often Lucas just going like, hey, Dave and team, here's a crazy thing I want to have happen. Make it happen. Yes. <laughs> and I think questioning, like, okay, well, why is this here when like a, the, the next arc we're going to talk about, you know, the, the horror, the terror of Pong Krell. Yeah. Dark, dark, dark. There's lots of dark stuff going on. And it feels like Lucas always has this instinct to say, darkness is a part of this. The dark side is natural. Uh, but there's all these other ideas and we got to spend time with them. And in particular, this is just, these episodes are such a celebration of kind of what the droids represent, right? Like, mm-hmm. Um, in a way, it's like, hey, Lucas is like, we used to have that droids cartoon in the mid 80s. <laughs> yeah. Let's do a couple of those episodes in the middle of the Clone Wars, you know? And it, I, it, the way it, it slows down and kind of reminds viewers that there are other sides to Star Wars than war, lightsabers, blasters. Like, mm-hmm. I, I don't think it's an accident that it's structured this way that Commander Wolf is almost like the way I think some audience members might feel of like, uh, yeah. I got to war to fight why am i dinking around with this <laughs> silly funny you know stuff yeah. uh and then the fact that even in the, the beginning of the second episode like the big battle that we would normally focus on general grievous versus adi galia it's literally in the background and, and i feel like it is speaking to fans saying you know maybe the kind of fans who i was at one point not anymore we're like i wanted star wars to be action-packed and gritty and moody and and this feels like a way of saying like it can be those things but it is these other things too Mm. um it it just ends up being fascinating because i think it's like Mm. I, i was approaching these episodes from that perspective yeah and then i realized these episodes in tone are cute and fun but they're cute, fun episodes about deadly earthquakes with massive casualty counts, accidental murder, failed democracy, multiple <laughs> forms of enslavement, dead pirates floating in space. Like, I'm like, uh, what am I calling cute and fun? I need to look in the mirror. An absolute toppling of empires. Like, it's <laughs> it's big stuff. You're absolutely right. I think you're so right to phrase it. It's just like at one point in time. I you I would have engaged with Clone Wars and did engage in Clone Wars on, on that on that level. And when I would people would ask me in 2011, do you like Clone Wars? Yeah, it's got some great fighting. Like it, it looks like Star Wars, feels like Star Wars, which is a hundred percent accurate. And that's part of it. And I do like that they're slowing down and 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 forcing you to look at all this and and uh in in wild, weird, just imaginative ways. Like just craziness goes on here. But you're right. It's uh, it, the 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 pirates hurtling through space to their death reminds <laughs> you there's some stuff going on. There's a little bit of stuff going on. Grievous just shooting for target practice like a yeah. ship. See if you can hit it. <laughs> yeah, it's so brutal. Uh, I think the other big picture thing for me is uh, really slowing down and spending time with it. I think this might be some of the most successful 3PO humor for me. Like I wrote down a ton of 3PO jokes. Um, I think it's maybe because we're just slowing down and spending time with him and his perspective. So the, a lot of the comedy isn't like a quick drive by. It's really coming from him as a character. I couldn't agree more. As someone who's who's still critical at times with the Attack of the Clones humor, three PO, uh, this uh, the comedy character you and I know. That's a big thing with us, and big we're big fans of that. And and you're 100 percent right. The, the the relationship between him and R two is at its best in many points in these episodes, and it's uh, got a sentimentality to it when they're both losing power that you just kind oh. of feel sad about it. It's it's 
It, it's a buddy comedy uh, drama <laughs> time too. <so. laughs> a cute, fun, violent buddy comedy. Perfect. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned uh, the references, right? Uh, there are some extremely explicit references to Gulliver's Travels and Wizard of Oz and uh, even Willow. Um, why do you think they are there? What What do they accomplish for you? Because like, it's easy to slip into that sort of. Um, Hey, here's my uh, article uh, about uh, you know Easter eggs you missed, and here's what was referenced. Like, okay, cool, but why? <laughs> right. You know, for you, what was the why of those references, or what did they add? Great question, because I, I did make uh, make myself kind of ruminate on, on that a little bit because even watching the behind the scenes, where Dave Filoni's like, yes, that was kind of a reference to the brownies from Willow. In fact, George said, try not to make them too much like them, but it was. <laughs> hard not to uh you know i'm surprised rick overton and, and kevin pollack didn't voice some of the characters um the why of it for me is also just just kind of analyzing all aspects of the hero's journey if that makes sense of, mm-hmm. of uh, you know some again going back to where i might have been at a fan at one point of oh yeah hero's journey uh, unknown warrior emerges to save the day and there's all a lot of different other aspects to it and and <clears throat> some of the the cultural aspects there's some stuff in here of of uh uh, I, I thought that uh, it, it, it was never uncomfortable for me or anything, but just like, hey, the clones and maybe the Republic want to involve everyone, but they're definitely overlooking these quote unquote third world kind of planets here and 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 kind of diving into the, the power of cultures and, and, and culture clashes and, and what you can learn and come together. There's some bigger things like that at play for me, uh, particularly in the second episode. But that's kind of where I went with it first to start on. Yeah, no, I think that stuff's all great. I, I think for me, there's there's this spirit of, of Star Wars has always been um, Lucas and then all of the other creators involved over the years uh, pulling from the sort of uh, collective uh, collection of storytelling in, mm-hmm. in our culture and in many other cultures and then putting it kind of through this filter into Star Wars and it becomes something different and unique. Mm-hmm. Uh so I like that that can apply to sort of like uh, kaiju or samurai or Western, but also to these like very specific classic stories that are about the, the sort of the journey to understand the world, right? Yeah. <laughs> and to uh, not just understand the world for the way you know it, but to go out and journey and discover uh, beautiful things and discover harsh truths yeah. and pulling in these kind of classic tales of, of a journey and a discovery uh, is, was really powerful to me. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, uh, I yeah, hundred percent agree on that there too. Um, uh, just the spirit of um, understanding was all through these episodes and kind of uh, using that kind of stuff to, to say, and it's, and it's also just kind of fun. I'm sure for the creators to pull from all aspects of, of great storytelling. And it's funny. It's kind of in, in the news again with, uh, the success uh, of uh, Dune, the, the the Villeneuve picture that's out there, where uh, the amount of people are now discovering that, hey, there's some things similar to Star Wars. Like, well, yeah, George pulled pulled from a lot of spots. That was the intention. Uh, so I love kind of seeing that at play in all all levels of Star Wars. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, so let's move on then to the morals of the episodes. Uh, the first moral is understanding is honoring the truth beneath the surface. The second moral is very familiar. It is who's the more foolish, the fool or the fool who follows him. So uh, what did you think of having one of the morals just be straight up Obi-Wan talking to you? I loved it. Uh, it's uh, oddly enough, though, wasn't the moral I gravitated to at the end of viewing both episodes. But I, I you perked up like, oh, we're going big. We're going big. 
Yeah, yeah. I I I like them both, and can absolutely talk about the the first one. But I, it was fun to see the who's the more foolish, the fool or the fool who follows him, because it can just be a fun Star Wars quote. You know it from that context of. It's a little bit more Obi-Wan challenging Han to have a better idea. <laughs> like, yeah. well, if you think it's so foolish, why did you go along with it? Um, yeah. But to see that played out as a story is a moral about multiple cultures who are allowing themselves to kind of uh, believe the lie of a dictator. <laughs> that they actually do have the power to overthrow, but they are not doing it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I That's that's a uh, poor Han. I feel, you know, you know. Uh, Love to bring in Han's brashness at any point. Uh, no, I, yeah, and that, that actually works. And uh, and again, it's pretty powerful stuff. Toplin empires. <laughs> yeah, a lot of empire Toplin uh, for a short, quick adventure. Uh, what are your thoughts on that first moral? I just, you know, I went deep with it when we talk about what's at stake and what it connects. I just, uh, there's something about, uh, I loved about it, about this lesson uh, of, of where true understanding comes both on maybe people around you and, yourself and accepting yourself and finding your place in a lot of things. And that's pretty deep of just this honoring, uh, honoring is, is, it's, um, I don't know. It's, you're not just bowing before it and saying, yes, ma'am. Yes, sir. It's just, it's me. It's, it's, uh, you know, it's acknowledging the, the, the breadth of truth and, and the many directions it can go, the many directions where it, it can challenge you, it can change you, it can make you grow. Uh, so at the end of the day, maybe it's something that's been just in my life. And, but that's the power of these episodes and, and you and I rewatching them at these points in our lives. Like it's <laughs> very weird. I keep telling you, like there's some stuff with the, that Ahsoka stuff going on with the, the Trandoshans and the hunt and everything that hit me right where I needed it. And that's why I love coming back to star Wars and I constantly do it. And, and I, I I've recently kind of said something and I said, you know, often like you and I, Joseph might be referred to as others by as star Wars experts, great fun title, man. My seven-year-old nerd self loves that. <laughs> I don't consider that true anymore as much as I'm a student of star Wars, a continued, uh, uh, just a student before this, this, this franchise that continues to find me and teach me and cause me to grow. And this, this one got me today. It really did. Yeah, it's a really powerful one, and it, obviously we'll talk about it more, but the way it plays out in the episode, uh, being both literal of the truth is literally beneath the surface, but also that far more important, like this one feels maybe like something that literally Plo Koon has to say to Commander Wolf. <laughs> yeah. uh, but he actually can't, because Commander Wolf doesn't even know that he didn't know the truth beneath the surface. I think that, that was what was powerful about it to me, is it is it's such a great uh, life lesson. And it's played out so uh, succinctly of Commander Wolf is impatient, so he just wants to put a Band-Aid on the the symptoms and not deal with or think about the actual problem. Yeah. That is just so powerful to me from everything between, you know, just kind of doing soul searching as an individual to working on a creative project with a group to assessing how you want to feel about, you know, a, a political or social issue in the world of like are you reacting to the surface or are you getting down into the roots of why you know yeah yeah the, why is such an important star wars question is it not <laughs> it really is it really and it's just so it's so easy to get caught up in uh the the surface level of things right like yeah. um there's even like a just a a life logistics thing that my wife and i have been dealing with and it's frustrating. So it, it th there's an instinct in me to go, okay, well, uh, fire back and and take care of this thing. And they're like, but this this thing is just on the surface, and it doesn't actually matter. 
<laughs> we should address the thing behind it that is generating the little annoying things. It's the big thing behind it that is the problem, not, you know, the individual projectiles. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think this world even moved into the second episode, too, just where you learn something from here and you, you can take it forward with you to solve some more problems there. Oh, yeah. These are uh, there constant truths behind constant surfaces. So let's dig into that. Let's talk about the big ideas uh, at stake, the themes in these episodes. Where did you go? Uh, this is, uh, mostly going with that first one, but again, I really do think it starts to apply to the second one, true of, uh, uh, of second one as well. I said, true growth, uh, change and, and rebuilding begins with true understanding of what you, what got you here, meaning mm. some problems, uh, you know, you mentioned Wolf not wanting to engage with really is there. Uh, we literally go below the problem to, to, to solve it. And it's not easy. And because of that, uh, you know, deeper issues can be resolved by deeper understanding of what is happening. And then finding your true purpose, which is something that three touches, you know, three PL touches on here, R2T, of course. Um, there's a little bit of kind of what I loved about that uh, Tatooine Rhapsody episode on Star Wars Visions of we're nothing but a band. And that turns out to be what saves the day. Exactly mm -hmm. what you are. This is only three PL and R2 could solve this uh, problem. Uh, in a lot of different ways, what, how they were built, whether it was by Anakin or otherwise. Um, <laughs> so it's, it's finding your purpose and who are you, which is what Orphine actually asks them at one point or says to them. And all that kind of goes back to this, this true understanding of what got you here, your misconceptions, your ignorances, your, your miscommunications, uh, your beliefs, both good and bad. And, and I just thought that was, uh, all, all wrapped up in this, uh, cute little package of yeah, yeah, no, I'm I'm right there with you. I think there's such a, a great, a big theme of the the truth under the surface and how do you get to it, right? Yeah. Um, exactly what you're saying. Commander Wolf and the other clones, you know, they really only want to address the surface problems. They're not even, once they actually have the information, they're not even, you know, once 3PO and R2 have the information, it's so powerful that Commander Wolf is like, I don't even want to hear it. Yeah. <laughs> we did the two things we were told to do and we are leaving. Um. The literal underworld, you know, yeah. then in the second episode, the uh, petite, yeah. but uh, who cares? Petitas, <laughs> uh, they're secretly, you know, want Big Hazu dead, but we don't know that. That's the truth lurking under the surface until it gets exposed. Uh, yeah. the, the ruler of Belknap actually being a bunch of angry pit droids, which is so great. Yeah. So it's a problem after problem is a, is a truth obscured. Yeah. And we see that 3PO and R2 are kind of, triumphing in all of these adventures uh by using the, the the skills that they have which i think are like communication and bravery right mm -hmm. uh 3po keeps actually you know literally translating or asking the questions or trying to resolve it by saying oh well well let you have no leader let me mm -hmm. <laughs> provide you a framework there's all these things that are about you know asking questions solving riddles and 3po kind of keeps exposing what the actual problem is. And then R2 like just rushes in and goes, all right, well, I'm, I'm going to fix it now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There was one great moment of uh, when 3P and R2 are out of the picture and, and Wolf and uh, was a man, Manchuko, Manchuko's the king. Yeah. Um, when, when Wolf's just like, hey, where, where'd you put that translator? Droid? Like, I can't, I can't, I can't understand the problem. I cannot communicate. I can't engage. I love yeah. that moment. And then he's just like, yeah, no, that's good with me. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> when King Manchucho is trying to tell him incredibly important stuff. Um, yeah. I think for me, the other big theme you, you, were, you were touching on as well, uh, uh, I wrote this theme is enter the chaos. Um, the, that that Orphany quote, uh, 
is that I wrote down is uh, perhaps it is through your desire to survive that your greatest purpose will be revealed. Mm. Um, I really felt like this is a kind of a, a subtle contrast between R2 and 3PO uh, that we know R2 is always out in the galaxy running into problems. He's, uh, you know, yeah. when he's bored, he starts scanning things because he's a, he's a droid of action. <laughs> <laughs> he's got to be on the move. Uh, and so R2 kind of knows uh, how big and wild and strange the galaxy is, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and three PO doesn't as much, and and wants to just be translating, uh, helping with the senatorial banquets. Mm-hmm. And I feel like this, both these episodes are like this odyssey for three PO to enter the chaos to to get out of his kind of the the safety of his normal reality and explore things. I love that Padme just straight up says to him. Uh, I told you, 3PO, it's a big universe out there beyond the millions of planets you know. (laughs) Which I feel like is a little bit of a, like, yeah, you can list them all and you know what their favorite dish is, but you don't know them because you haven't, you know, Mm. you know, experienced this. So to see him start out as just like, I'm just doing my normal thing that I'm pretty comfortable with is I translate. But then it uh, turns into real diplomacy, solving riddles, uh, realizing how messy democracy is. Like I gave you the information and it's still a problem, you know, uh, revealing false gods, revealing his, his true feelings for R2. Like 3PO has to get emotionally messy yeah. <laughs> in order to go through uh, this odyssey, you know? Mm-hmm. And I really like looking at it as this is 3PO's journey and it ends with him going back to kind of his, his roots, right? Which is... Yeah being a storyteller right Mm. and Mm. this is me kind of uh, applying a little bit of my life philosophy to it Mm. um i'm not saying it's utterly explicit on screen but i just think so much like stories are the way we make sense of how chaotic life is can i take all these things that happened and organize them so they have a beginning and a middle and end and a moral Mm-hmm. Uh, and the fact that that's ba- basically what 3PO does is he has a chaotic as bleep adventure mm-hmm. and he ends by trying to lay it out for Commander Wolf over what will be a comedically long time and make sense of it and yeah. learn things from it. Yeah, he he he, uh, he optioned his own story for a movie. Yeah, he, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, no, I'm with you on that. I'm just on the on that's why art continues to be powerful and, and and movies, plays, songs, everything. That's absolutely how we process the good and the bad, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. You you go out there, you you in, encounter the chaos, and then you try to bring some order in the form of a story. Yeah, love it. Yeah. Uh, any other themes before we move on to the bigger picture ideas? I know big ones. I mean, ones I want to hang up on a wall in my office to inspire me. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, and, I, and I mean it. And, and I, you know, it's, it's, it's just great. And, and if you're listening, you're not just a fan of the Clone Wars. You're probably this kind of Star Wars fan that uh, finds yourself uh, refreshed and, and inspired even by uh, uh, stories that you've heard many, many times. And it's been a lot of fun to be reignited by stories I'm already familiar with here in the Clone Wars. Yeah, absolutely. I, I feel the same way. Um, and I thought there were some big things that are uh, familiar Star Wars morality perspective that were in these episodes. Uh, when you were looking at it through that filter, what did you think of? So, the, yeah, there's some some big ones, picking the second one. There's some uh, ones I went to. I just wrote that a case for diplomacy is uh, <laughs> Padme would agree. And there's just a little bit of what was going on here, especially, you know, on, on Aline, you get these... Um, you know, two parts of the world uh, potentially at what you could almost say at war with each other. And then 
uh, to be able to work it out the way 3PO and R2 help facilitate is just it, 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 you put that against the backdrop of the of the war, especially when you got Padme there. You're like this war is a failure, failure to communicate, failure to listen. Uh, it's pretty powerful. Uh, I also went with this idea of just uh, you know you mentioned it up top of just Wolf and everyone are pulled from the war, uh, which is uh you know something that they probably enjoy a little bit quite frankly let's be honest the clones have that weird relationship with the war uh, but the, for the humanitarian aid and i just like there's this idea of the, the republic and i you know maybe someone in the separatists would disagree with me there uh the the the, the you know the the mean of of the world but re the republic seeing value or trying to see uh, the value in all planets and people knowing how important it is and and you talk about ju justice for the Jedi being about measuring their intentions a lot of the times um, against uh, any you know failures perceived failures. I think this is I look at this episode as what kind of what many in the Republic are trying to do build. It's that light side thing, build not destroy. Um, and I and I think um, I think uh, I think this, that a lot of that was present here. Oh no, I totally agree with you, and I'm I'm so glad that you quoted uh, my the wisdom from my tea bag earlier this week that we talked about. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> uh, build not destroy. Uh, yeah, I'm so there with you uh, in terms of watching the Clone Wars in order and watching it not just for like, ooh, which episode is this? Is this one of my favorites? What cool thing happens? Uh, Kenobi's got a great line, but really watching it as the story of the Clone Wars. You know, mm -hmm. uh, the they start out hopeful that they can kind of wrap this up quickly. Yeah then that starts to fade and they get stuck in the mire of it. And as we're heading into um, episodes uh, about mm. <laughs> uh, a Jedi general driving clones to their death on purpose and uh, getting caught up in a slave trade, um, there's some darkness coming because the war is getting darker and it is getting worse. Mm. And it is easy to look at this epi these episodes as saying like, oh, well, here's a, here's a little break from that. Um, right. But I think to me, the, the point of it is showing what's lost in the war is helping others. Right. Um, yeah. Normally, Jedi would be responding to these things, you know, mm -hmm. uh, certainly be, you know, like two Jedi would be going there and, and asking all the questions that 3PO and R2, like 3PO and R2 are having to do the job of the Jedi because <laughs> they're fighting a war, yeah. you know, and I love that quote from Yoda right at the top of uh, with hope, leave them, but return to the war. You must like. Yeah. Yoda is stretched thin and he knows it is I'm sending clones because it's a mercy mission and it's you know at that point a natural disaster they think and like they've asked for help and we have to give them help but then yeah get back to fighting as soon as you possibly can like what a sad thing for Yoda to have to say I, I there's I loved everything you said but there's some stuff that jumped out of just I had that same thought of uh, you know, I made an English muffin, a cup of coffee. And I sat down. I said, all right, let's watch these crazy frog nymph, uh, you know, <laughs> Tempest episodes. And you're right. It, it is so much of what's going on in the war. It's such a breaking it down into a small level. And also what is to come when you get into that second episode and the ideas of rebellion and toppled empires. And uh, I look at it as a, a playbook for what could be a playbook, what, what, what could have been and what could still be and, and, uh, and how it just can't happen. And, 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 the indifference of Wolf isn't a, isn't me pointing a, and wagging a finger at Wolf. It's just the circumstance. And you're so right to point out that the Jedi would normally be there. This would be a Jedi and a Padawan going to help things out, learning some lessons, some Padawan braids, maybe being cut after the mission. Uh, but it can't be that. Uh, the Jedi have been forced in the situation of kind of uh, losing their way in a way. Yeah, just not being able to, to be there for the galaxy in these kind of mercy mission ways. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
and you touched on this, and I think it's just such a huge thing in in these two episodes of the kind of two big Star Wars things combined of uh, absolutely everybody matters, the people that you would overlook, you know, the the story really held up by the Ewoks and, and Jar Jar, but appears in Star Wars in lots of different ways all the time that everybody matters, don't uh, judge people, particularly don't judge people as like, uh, you're from an insignificant place or yeah. you, you don't seem like a great fighter, you're not important. Like, mm-hmm. everybody matters. And then, you know, the classic Yoda quote, right, of size matters not. It's like those things literally combined, right? Yeah. <laughs> because, you know, 3PO and R2 have, are definitely holding up the, you know, everybody matters of, like, the Jedi and the clones, the 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 cool people, the heroes. Like, uh, they're busy doing their own thing. And they don't know that 3PO and R2 saved a bunch of people across multiple planets, right? Oh. Uh, don't even know it. Uh, they're bored to listen to it. So that's that everybody matters. But then the size thing, right? You're dealing with the Aline, uh, the Batidas, mm-hmm. uh, the pit droids, all like literal yeah. smaller people that yeah. can have this sort of insignificance just out of like a, a quick knee-jerk reaction to appearance. Yeah, and not in a great way. Uh, yeah, there's some themes of uh, not always in a great way, but there's this leadership selling lies to further their power. It's, I'm almost thinking of Varys to Tyrion. A, a small man can cast a very large shadow. Uh, and some that's some of the other side. So there's some positive lessons to learn and some ways to, like like you said, there's some comedy we'll talk about of uh, 3PO overlooking the petites. But then the other side is, uh, you know, if, if you're not careful, this could, uh, size matters not also in terms of dictators rising to power. Be careful. <laughs> yeah. Anyone can be anything, including pit droids can be brutal dictators. Yeah, yeah <laughs> true. Um, but for the most part, really positive stuff. And 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 the big picture of Star Wars, if I said before, but of like three PO being perfect for this mission as he is, R two as well. But uh, it's it's very reminiscent of some of the Ewoks, uh, their reactions to uh, the very wise that guy's wife, wise three PO. Uh, <laughs> but others like Wolf at one point says something about we're good, but not that good. Like they 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 they're not built for this. Um, they're built for other things and they have their own purpose. And that's very comforting that uh, who you are is enough. That's a great lesson from Star Wars. Yeah, no, well said. A little bit of justice for Commander Wolf. Uh, any other big picture thoughts before we take a break? Um, other than this one word, rebellion. We'll talk about it. It's a big one. It's a big one. It's a big one. It's a big one. Yeah, there are a lot of these episodes that are like, here are, here are small micro ways to, to frame the macro yeah. conversation of the Clone Wars from like, okay, well, you depose the dictator. Yep. Now what happens? Well, oh, democracy is not yeah. easy. We, we, <laughs> might, we might talk about it in other areas in the second half of the show, but one of the pit droids actually saying, there goes the Empire, run for it. <laughs> there goes the empire run for it yeah yeah and and it is sad to once again watch clones uh not understand that they are fighting at what they're actually fighting for <laughs> yeah. yeah very sad somewhere sheave cackles yes. monster yes. all right we're gonna take a quick break and then we're gonna be back to discuss all of our favorite uh action moments <laughs> a lot of comedy moments and much more in just a moment A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive & June. Olive & June gives you 
everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. And we are back to continue our discussion of this two-episode arc of droids on an odyssey. 3PO and R2 having lots of adventures, some involving action, some comedy. Let's talk action. Uh, Ken, there's not as much action in these episodes, but did you have some favorite action moments? I'm just going to jump to the big one in the first episode. All right, let's do it. The action moment is R2 solving the riddle for morphine. That's some action. That's a big <laughs> choice and a big victory. Yeah, no, I like that a lot. The 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 rocketing up. Uh, I love that scene because there's a brief moment for me of like 
Did 3PO and R2 just wander into a Legend of Zelda video game? <laughs> it's very Zelda. Like they're down in a temple. They're they're cute beings on the surface who are are, are suffering. They solve a riddle and then they get you know rocketed up by water. Like I have done all of those things in multiple Legend of Zelda video games. Absolutely, man. Absolutely, great storytelling in all forms. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I I kind of went in that first episode to that uh, action moment of. Uh, the opposite one of the fall. Uh, I thought it was great to, to see uh, 3PO slip and just so on the nose, literal imagery of like down into the darkness and the unknown and, and then uh, R2 rocketing after him. It's so R2. So oh, I enjoyed that. Yeah, no, I, I was you, you mentioned the bravery of both of them, but the R2 just being a droid of action. We are droids of action. Lies did not become us. Uh, I love <laughs> that he uh, just was like, all right, here we go. Boom. Got to go save my friend again. <laughs> He's in another hole. Let's go. Let's go. Um, any other um, moments from the first or the second episode? Yeah, looking at the second episode, I just wrote this. Adi Gallia, just Adi Gallia. He's great. <laughs> uh, I, 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 a, a, a Jedi that uh, has some moments of uh, where she gets her due, but uh, I'm always up for more content with her. And I just love when she kind of shows up. Just her, her energy, momentum. She, she's all, all business in that scene. Uh, in the brief moments we see her, and I just kind of like highlighting her. Yeah, no, she's great, and it's great to see her for a second. And I really like that shot where uh, we have just a moment of, like I said, what would have been the focus of the episode in a different uh, episode. Grievous and uh, Galia fighting away. And then R2 and 3PO go on their adventure. And in the background, you just see Adi Galia fly <laughs> through the corridor with a kick from Grievous. And it's like a real, it's a real comedy motion, right? It's that that flat <laughs> sort of vaudeville proscenium and something uh, just crosses straight across it. And it's this very comic way to say, that's not the focus this episode. Yep. Yep. Love it. Love yeah. it. Um, I'm sure we'll, well, maybe you have this in comedy. I put it uh, in action because uh, it's, uh, it's some pretty great action. But uh, the crushing of Big Hazu was Probably my very favorite action moment. Uh, you and I are in sync. This is action all the way. But I wrote it as this. They killed Big Hazu. Like, he's dead. Squished. Archie <laughs> has a stain on his body for the rest of the episode. Yes, the the, the splatter of Hazu's <laughs> viscera. <laughs> it's a cute, fun episode where R2 is stained with the blood of a fallen dictator. <laughs> it's just, that's the best. I loved it. And it's action and it's uh, somewhat accidental, you could argue, but it doesn't matter. The forces that work there. I, I, I just, I just was died laughing. It's comedy for sure. But I mean, they, they put the splat. There's a splat sound effect. Yeah, no, I mean, it is, it is weird, dark Star Wars comedy. Like you go to this episode and you're like, oh yeah, no, it's a references uh, Tempest and Gulliver's Travels and Wizard of Oz. And uh, is that Pulp Fiction? <laughs> is that a Pulp yes. Fiction reference? These sudden accidental surprise, brutal violence. <laughs> I think you could argue it is. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So that, that was just a, a fun yeah. shock that uh, I, I remember there was some crushing, but I didn't remember how it happened. And yeah. I was thrilled. Uh, by that moment yeah um another big dark moment is uh i like when the uh the pit droids have their fake hollow god mm. and they're brutally zapping those bounty hunter types yeah oh yeah yeah no yeah yeah yeah, they, 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 yeah. uh it was it was uh i love i love the little bounty hunter type that the little weapons they have too some of that electro net stuff all kind of works for me but uh yeah I, oh yeah 
Yeah. Yeah. What are some other, uh, any other moments for you? Uh, two R2 moments. Uh, I would be remiss if I did not mention my favorites, the Y-Wings. And R2 taking down vulture droids in a Y-Wing, uh, going on a strafe and run almost. It's a dream. <laughs> it's a dream. It's hard to do in Battlefront 2. You got to work yes. at it. Yeah. Yeah. Love that one there. And then there's a brief little, it, it could almost be comedy. Oh, a lot of the stuff in these episodes could be comedy, but I, I think it's action. When they're in that kind, kind of droid fighting pit scenario, and uh, 3PO says something like, you know, about the fight. And like R2 is like, all right, F it, we're here. And it's like uh, weapons come out and he's going to go fight. He's going to go scrap. <laughs> and I just like, again, you're right. R2, action droid. Yep. He's always, is that the challenge? Okay, let's go. Um, I think my favorite action moment, uh, ultimately, uh, even though Big Hazy was up there from the second episode, is uh, when the uh, pirates get blown out into space and 3PO ends up just, riding r2 in outer space like <laughs> right it's, imagine that you are a kid again we're of the original trilogy generation and somebody tells you like there's going to be a thing where r2 and 3po are about to have to fight in a droid ring but then they get blown into space and 3po just rides r2 <laughs> yes 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 it's like somebody already made that up with their action figures and it <laughs> ended up in this episode of clone Wars. yeah yeah and again i it's i guess it's action um it's up there you and I are also looking at Revenge of the Sith this week. This week for Star Wars ranked, it, the pirates flying through space is like those clones in the beginning of the Sith being shot out of the uh, the, the fighter, the Arc One Seventy, just floating through their death in space. It's 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 kind of brutal. It, it's pretty brutal. So yeah, not a ton of action, but the action that's there uh, more than makes up for it in its utter brutality. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Uh, so any others, or shall we move on? Uh, we shall move on because many of the comedy moments are also action. Yeah, that's true. So uh, I wrote down way too many lines uh, in moments of comedy, whimsy, and weirdness. So uh, so I will edit on the fly here, Ken. But what are some of yours? I Right from the beginning, that clone pilot seeing the Alenian on the cancel dragonfly and just the look and the, the Alenian is smiling and he just goes, right, going to be another one of those planets. I just, you know, I'm not even supposed to be here today. I just like that vibe. Yeah, and also for, for me, it was something that I have no idea if it was the intention or not, but it was one of those lines that made it feel a little bit more meta, right? Because you can imagine somebody watching and being a little bit more into the Jedi and the bounty hunters and turning on this episode like, ah, oh, it's one of these episodes. A hundred percent. And it starts, this might be one of your moments too, but the start, the start of the second episode where 3PO's recounting everything to Padme and even 3PO's like, I don't want to do that again. <laughs> <laughs> right I, was like, yeah. I especially don't want to do it you know three and a half times in this episode <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> yeah uh i love just starting with the um the sort of tension of the clones being like oh boy 3po uh when the one clone says to him suck it up shiny <laughs> <laughs> yes yes uh yeah, it really it really sets the tone of like, ooh, 3PO has a, a real purpose here. He's being sent to translate. That's great, but it, yeah. this is not his normal arena. Totally, totally. Uh, in his normal arena, I love the translation uh, from the king of uh, welcome to our disaster, glad you could come. Right, yes. <laughs> welcome to this party. Yeah, that that's some <laughs> Douglas Adams good stuff there. Yeah, absolutely, it is. It's a planet of uh, mattresses that walking around too. We gotta get that. <laughs> um, love that. And one of the ones for me during the, the during that sequence, there's that aftershock, and mm -hmm. I don't know. Sometimes this pops up with me. I don't know if why why it does why all this stuff always resonates with me. Watch it again. I beg beg of you listening. 
watch this episode again just to see the Alenians wobble in the most delightful way. And that after they're real cute. They're really cute. And they're like, all like, I want like almost like a bobblehead of that. Or it almost reminds me of the old dancing baby, Ooga Chugga, Ooga Chugga. that used to go around on it from Ali McBeal. Like, I want that Alenian thing as a screensaver. <laughs> that is a very good one. Um, in the general area of earthquakes, I was really amused that there was a clone named Sinker in an episode about earthquakes. Like, <laughs> a little on the nose for old Sinker. Um I like this line from 3PO. Uh, uh, we belong on Senator Amidala's balcony watching Coruscant's glorious moons rise above the city of spires. <laughs> Love that line. I'm glad you highlighted that one. Uh, it, it, it speaks of, uh, and I and look, this, you're, talk, I'm, you're talking to someone that hates camping. I respect those that love it. It's not for me. Camping for me is a, a hotel. And a nice fucking <laughs> thing. So I'm there with 3PO on that. But life sometimes says, hey, you got to be, you got to go camping, 3PO. You're out of here. Yeah. You got to go where you're needed. Yeah. But I, it was great to just hear him like express that in such a different way and in such a sort of a flowing poetic way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, what are some other stuff for you? Well, you highlighted it as, as a, in a line of an import to the rest of the morals and the fables and the lessons here. But I want Wolf talking to man, uh, Chuko, uh, when he does say the line, okay, fine with me, whatever. It's really funny. <laughs> it's very much my vibe at times. But it also speaks, not to go back to a more of a serious um, morality tale uh, conversation, but it speaks to uh, that kind of agreement is not necessarily productive communication uh, or problem solving, right? Like uh, some of the Christ and I's uh, disputes arguments might be with me just going, whatever, whatever you want, which isn't really any kind of communication. Uh, and it can be more of a roadblock than a path forward. And I just, uh, so I love the line. I love what it means. Uh, you and I definitely like the idea of comedy being a, a form of communication about ideas. Uh, and that line worked for me on a lot of levels. Yeah. I mean, the, the tone and the delivery is funny. This contrast between these battle hardened clones and the, mm -hmm. the, they don't want to be on this planet. Uh, it's one of those planets. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, that idea that like, cool, you just agreed to anything. You don't, you have no idea what was said to you. And the, the idea that like, I just want to be out of this so bad. I will agree to anything. It's like a super dumb move and he doesn't realize it. That's yeah. great comedy yeah. and great meaning. Yeah. Love that one. Uh, I liked, I can't eat you. <laughs> <laughs> From Orvne, the, the, a little bit of a Jar Jar homage there, maybe with the tongue lashing out and like. Uh, I guess that maybe goes to that theme of uh, 3PO is the right person at the right time because would she have just devoured Commander Wolf? <laughs> Again, this beautiful, magical being. This is what Filoni talked about in that Q&A behind the scenes video. Yes, she's got a little bit of uh, innate ability to go fast, but also got some force-fueled magic maybe, a light side version of the Night Sisters even kind of indicated. Do you want to dive deeper into that? But yeah, makes me think it would have been snacky snacky. Yeah, yeah. I, <laughs> yeah, is there, he talks about uh, how, because people ask if she is a force user, right? And they're like, maybe, maybe she has a relationship to it the same way the Night Sisters use yeah. magic space in the dark side. Maybe yeah. she uses magic based in the light side and um, I guess eating based. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, last one for me in that first episode is um, there's a lot of great little conversations between R2 and 3PO where, where you can really infer what, what R2 is saying or 3PO lets you know. Uh, they're trying to figure out the riddle. And I think 3PO says, uh, um, yeah, I just need to solve this question. And then R2 beeps. <laughs> 3PO says, yes, riddle. So we know that R2 um actually 
C-3PO. <laughs> R2 tweeted him, big fan, but you made this one mistake. It was totally that. I'm like, technically, yes, but that's not actually the blaster number. Like, it was totally that. <laughs> Love it. Grateful. Yeah. Uh, any any more for you in the first episode, or shall we march on to the comedy of part two? Yeah, let's go to episode 406. Episode 406, the first thing that made me laugh was the newsreel. Uh, is it caught up in an adventure beyond their comprehension? <laughs> like, they don't even know what they're doing. Uh, just, that cracked me up. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, how about you? Uh, you mentioned already, but I love uh, a great line of uh, from Padme. Of, well, I told you, 3PO, it's a big universe out there beyond the few million planets, you know. Uh, funny in a lot of ways. And uh, poignant as always, but uh, great stuff. And Padme, Padme's good, man. She's got a dry sense of humor that pops up a lot in the clone wars uh, i enjoy it yeah and she's just she's so kind and supportive to 3po and like kind of pushing him and like yeah no go out there and, and do what you need to do and then come back and help me with the banquet and yeah great yeah. stuff uh, i love it when 3po says that uh, his counterpart is programmed in 47 schools of self-defense <laughs> just all of our two stools pop out like yes. good bs and good well, bs and guys it's a great moment when because 3po picks up that uh, like weird stick with the light bulbs on it to fight and then selling R2 as a self-defense expert. And he knows, he knows karate. He knows yeah. karate. It, it looks to me like he's holding a lollipop plant, which is really funny. <laughs> a lollipop plant. Uh, uh, right. When they get into the Y wing, uh, when three PO yells, this is not an escape pod. Uh, funny, but also kind of, I'd argue a cannon connection. <laughs> <laughs> it absolutely is since they've been in an escape pod and we've now seen Y-Wings used as escape pods a couple of times in the Clone Wars. Yeah. And it's smart. Yeah. It's a good escape pod. Um, I really liked uh, the petite uh, suddenly doing their weird chant of, he's dead, he's dead, the big Hazu is dead. <laughs> so vicious. Love it. Well, what it also means to me, like they were, they were, they wrote the lyrics to that song. They were waiting for the time. <laughs> It's a very organized chant, right? Yeah, I mean, those can happen uh, organically, I know, but uh, especially if you're in a pro wrestling audience. But uh, yeah, no, that uh, I think that was, uh, they were waiting for that. Yeah, yeah, very good one. Um, another one, another 3PO line for me, uh, <laughs> uh, and this was one where I felt like, you know, it, it's a great, it, it's a very 3PO line, uh, but it's talking about kind of dark and brutal sh- Oh, geez, I swore. Excuse me. Uh, you can bleep that. <laughs> uh, you know, kids, you got to learn at some point. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I don't know how that came out. Um, here is the the 3PO line I like. Uh, Terminating the big one does not anoint me leader. <laughs> yes. Oh, there's some great stuff there. <laughs> great stuff. Uh, yeah. Any more for you? Uh, fear not, R2. Just little creatures can't possibly damage us and then immediately fall. You know, sometimes even when you see the punchline coming, it still is still funny, and it's, it was executed wonderfully. Uh, and uh, and it didn't take long. Like those electro staff stick, I mean, bang, like it's all it took. Like uh, love it. So powerful lesson for three PO, but a funny moment. Uh, I also love, and I, I'm sure you got this one. This was a great line. Congratulations, you are now a democracy. And then <laughs> a fight immediately starts. I don't know if it's intended to be super meta or what it is, but it's it was great. You know, I mean, I almost kind of included that in our, our discussion of how it ties to other things of like, I think obviously uh, a lot of characters in Star Wars are pro-democracy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Obi-Wan makes that clear in Revenge of the Sith, but it, it that kind of point of parody reminded me of that great conversation between Padme and Anakin in Attack of the Clones. 
where he's saying like, well, we should have a system where, you know, everybody sits down and talks and, and agrees what the problem is and how to fix it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that means like, that's what we do. It's just difficult. Yeah. <laughs> and I feel like that is just, you know, I, I think for me, it, it goes to kind of these ideas of, of hope versus fear mm. of mm. Um, the democracy isn't an easy solution. It's a yeah. good solution, many of us believe, but it's messy and frustrating and hard to get to. Uh, so you have to have hope to make it keep working. And I, it, I just, I, to me, it was just all those ideas bundled up in a really funny bit of comedy, but meaningful comedy, you know, mm-hmm. of like, yeah, the, this is the first thing they do with their democracy is you know, start fighting over vote counts. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and I love, too, that we, we don't really see how it plays out. We don't know how that ended up. We don't know who ended up as the leader. <laughs> yeah, we don't know. Yeah. Maybe, is there a little Jesu who's taken yeah. over? Yeah, yeah. We don't know. Uh, love it. No, and, and, and in truth, yeah, very powerful lessons to learn from that there. Uh, I did like the uh, going to the next planet with the pitroids. There was a great line when R2 slides in there and just the one pitroid's like, get your own organic. <laughs> yeah I, I wrote down we worked hard to keep these mindless organics enslaved <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh man love it yeah it's just uh, you know in, in the sort of the dark comedy behind that to me is like pit droids we've seen pit droids be treated very poorly and these ones have had it had it <laughs> had it yeah what goes around comes around and yeah. you don't want uh, to be there when when the pit droids uh, are, are coming around <laughs> Uh, final thing for me is uh, it is ex- exactly as you were saying a a straight across the plate joke, but I think it's so effective because it comes from Plo Koon of the well. I'm certain Wolf would love to hear about it. Uh, yes. Also, um, and I, I even saw this pointed out looking at uh, Wikipedia and some of the um, uh, some of the the below, lower end of the article. They have like continuity stuff. And, you know, Plo Koon just kind of does kind of like play dumb with the droids. Like, who are like it is 3P on R2 and he's interacted with R2 particularly in the malevolence arc, right? So you can be like continuity. I choose to believe that's just a statement on even later on, Kenobi's kind of playing a little weird with R2 on Tatooine episode four. of just, you know, you overlook these droids too easily. You just forget. You you use and, and fight with them and then you forget them. And that's a statement. It's a statement on the why we got to pay attention to droids. Yeah, absolutely. I think that, you know, Anakin is is sort of positioned as the odd one for mm-hmm. like really knowing this droid and having a relationship uh, yeah. relationship with him and you know uh, uh, not wiping his yeah. <laughs> uh, memory or you know all that kind of stuff and for everybody else like uh, what I I just think it goes for Wolf I think I think Obi Wan is you know playing with R two a little bit in A New yeah. Hope but it also goes to you know the question of like well, why didn't Owen Lars in A New Hope recognize three PO like. Uh, if somebody handed you a hammer, would you go, this is the one I had 20 years ago? Right. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> if you were, if you were sentimental about that particular hammer, but I just think they see them as tools. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. That's a great example. Yeah. A gold, uh, a protocol droid shows up. You're not going to immediately think anything. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's a great way to look at it. I mean, not a stapler. Not, yeah. Not great. We got to learn less. <laughs> we got to treat those hammers better, but yeah. Uh, I'll that so be nice to your hammers and staples. There we go. Yes. Any other uh, moments of comedy or whimsy for you? A uh, final one I wrote down, you, you mentioned there's a ton of three PO and R2 stuff. Great stuff all the way through. We mentioned the moment when they're both kind of losing their power. It's kind of sad and sentimental, especially if you've uh, lived with these characters for so long uh, in our lives as Star Wars fans. Um, but I have always said, you and I've talked about this before. If just one of the, the underrated like comedy comedy aspects of like all of Star Wars, anytime R2's there, is R2 is speaking. 
Archie was saying he's used, he just, I'm actually 3PO. There's all that kind of stuff. In, in New Hope, he swears. He's the one that swears in Star Wars. Like, it's there. <laughs> so I love when he says something as he's losing power and 3PO says, R2, don't mumble. Please don't mumble. <laughs> Please don't mumble. Please don't mumble. I thought that was crazy. Yeah. yeah. The, you're usually so good at that sort of thing. 3PO saying, like, I thought you would have found us power by now. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. That is so sweet. A sweet moment to end our uh, our comedy and whimsy. Uh, and we'll move on to canon and lore connections. Um, I didn't feel like there there was there was some fun stuff, but, you know, not as rich as maybe some other arcs. Um I liked learning that uh, Aline is uh, a mid-rim planet and uh, this is its big appearance. And it's always fun to think like, okay, well, we had a poor doomed pod racer, Rats Tyrell, uh, and he was uh, in Alina. And now we get to go to his home planet. We get to imagine maybe yeah. <laughs> maybe some of these are some of the people who are cheering him on. Yes. Uh, look, I'm going to say, yeah, well, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll come to something in a second. Here. But no, wonderful. Uh, yeah, I, I uh, love uh, love spending time uh, at uh, Terrell's home world. Yeah, I'm so curious what, what you're going to come to here. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll keep it for the next section. All right. Oh, anything you just like your question. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. all right. There we go. That's how we tease the audience. Um, uh, Commander Wolf, of course, is a beloved clone, uh, leader of Plo Koon's wolf pack, right? Uh it was established in the ultimate Star Wars book uh, that he lost that eye to uh, a Ventress attack, an attack from Asajj Ventress. So who knows if we'll ever get to actually see that. Uh, we know that he eventually got rid of his chip and lived with Gregor and Rex, as we see in uh, Rebels. But we, we haven't had that story. So every time I see Commander Wolf uh, and I'm kind of reminded of these bits and pieces we have on his storyline, I wonder about the potential of a Bad Batch appearance. I I also love that you point out the, the, the Rebels connection. I, I I got to tell you, like, like I often forget Wolf is there with the Rebels one. Like, and it's not a comment on Wolf or Greg or anything, but just like, you know, you focus on Rex and, and Rebels later on down the line. But they're, they're a key part of that storyline early on in Rebels, and I love seeing Wolf again here. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And he's just, uh, he's, I think, you know, pretty distinctive uh, with that eye and that cool name. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, any other Wolf thoughts? Uh no, un- underrated uh, underrated underrated clone hero. We'll say. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this uh, these two episodes did have some uh, repeated uh, Star Wars dialogue, some uh, Star Wars poetry. Uh, there was that uh, moment where three uh, PO gets bumped into by a clone and says, "Impossible clone." Very similar to the way he says, "Impossible man" about Han Solo. Uh, he does have a bad feeling about this while the ground is shaking and he's right by a giant hole. So I think. <laughs> There. Good call to have a bad feeling about that. And we did to get a, did you hear that? Uh, yeah. Infamously, uh, 3PO's uh, first line of dialogue. Uh, any other sort of uh, Star Wars poetry type lines for you? I mean, I mentioned the escape pod ones. But escape pods in Star Wars have a special place in heart. You know, they're they're pretty important. Uh, you know, a lot of people need escape pods, especially Grievous. Especially Grievous. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they're the clones kind of repeating some very similar Dagobah dialogue about, you know, coming here being a mistake, that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, not, not, nothing with a, a whole lot of depth for me. I enjoyed the uh, Impossible Clone, Impossible Man one in particular. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, final thing for me is the, you know, seeing a droid fighting ring. I forgot that there was one. I remember that they had lots of little mini adventures mm-hmm. in this episode, but I didn't remember that one of them was a droid fighting ring, uh, like appears in Solo. And uh, according to old Wikipedia, first appeared in the novel Han Solo at Star's End. Uh, and I was thrilled to see the, uh, I forgot that that was an ASP-7 
a labor droid. Yeah. Uh, and I have a relationship with that ASP-7 uh, because it's uh, from the uh, New Hope Special Edition. And for a while there, when I was madly collecting the Power of the Force 2 action figures, and I would go to, you know, at least one target a day, <laughs> uh, ASP-7 was the peg warmer. He was, and it was like, wasn't it kind of one of the highlighted released figures too at that time of from the special editions, that droid you just saw. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, and if they had known that uh, Asp 7 shoots flames in a droid fighting ring, I think maybe that action figure would have moved more. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so that's all I had for canon lore uh, connections. Anything else? No, you, you hit it. You hit it. Okay, then we're, I'm so excited to get to it. It's been teased. Ken, was there anything you disliked or questioned? You know, you know me. I'm pretty agreeable when it comes to this section here. I just kind of say, yeah, I'm like, well, if I, fine, whatever. But no, no. If you're going to a lean and you're going to go uh, spend time with those wonderful people, why do we not get the follow-up to Rats Tyrell's widow and his children? One of them should have been in uh, leadership. It should have gotten that conclusion. Yeah, there should have been like young Duke Tyrell, right? Who's yeah. second in leadership. Yes, uh, uh, I'm slightly joking, of course, but uh, so it's fun to explore it. But, I, you know, you and I love the story, the tragedy of Rats Tyrell and the, 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 the pain of seeing his family walking in the background there while Qui-Gon's confronting Watto. Like it's, 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 it's painful. Let's get some closure. It was one of the great tragedies of Star Wars. I agree. Um, yeah, I didn't have really have anything I disliked. I, I, these episodes are very fun. And when watching them again, like, yeah, they're they're fun uh, some of the characters are are cute and weird but it, but there is uh, it's all held together by this is a, a cute way of telling some <laughs> dark and important stories yeah. but i i was curious if you questioned any of the alien design because these are definitely some episodes of clone wars um where the to me the palette of what star wars can look like is expanded and like all that stuff with uh, Orphney herself and um, mm-hmm. uh, uh, the great, great uh, uh, tree people. Mm-hmm. Uh, the design style is a little different and it really looks like Legend of Zelda to me. Um, but it, it ultimately doesn't bother me, but I was curious if it bothered you. No, you're great to mention it uh, because I, I even wanted to highlight the, the Kandalo, the, these tree people, very Ent-like without a doubt and, and, and drawing from other things as well and, and fantasy across the board. And I it's it is weird when you stop and think about it. I always kind of do that thing of like, um, you know, watch if you go back to say, I don't know, New Hope and you're watching Luke and Han pal around the galaxy. Is it weird to think that somewhere the Kendalo exists still, <laughs> you know, uh, does it sync up with what you grew up and thinking about Star Wars? And it doesn't always necessarily sync up. But what I love about it is I celebrated as this artist, again, these artists taking these shots. When you're sitting down and, hey, we got this crazy idea, you you concept artists, come up with some crazy Star Wars tree people ideas. We want to hear them. Come up with these, we, you know, the brownies and Willow? We're going to do the Star Wars version of it. <laughs> and it does, as a fan, it doesn't, I, you know, I'm not going to think about the petites a lot in my Star Wars fandom, um, but they exist. They're part of the galaxy. And to me, it's no more weirder than, uh, he's kind of a hammerhead. So let's call the figure that he's a walrus man. Like it's the same kind of spirit, same kind of thing. It's just, it just definitely does look different. I think it exists best in animation, but then again, uh, the entire uh, world fell in love with the frog lady. So yeah. it, 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 it still happens. It's happening now in live action. So I do love, um, not, I guess forcing myself in a way, not an entire negative way, but just like this, you and I've said a couple times, this episode's, ask you to slow down and look at some different aspects of Star Wars that you don't normally look at. 
And I'm okay with that. I'm okay with the Kendalo existing alongside Princess Leia, Luke, and Han Solo. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I really love the Kendalo. I love that they are a little bit of this sort of a darker flavor. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, legitimately scary too. 3PO just sort of <laughs> just emerge from the shadows of uh, trees being upset with you. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty cool. And I love their design. Totally. Uh, all right. Uh, anything else that we haven't talked about that you wanted to touch on? Uh, no, I mean, the, the Kanda- I literally wrote down the Kandalo in that section. So glad you brought it up. Thank you. Yeah. Um, only other thing for me is just like a, a fun design thing. I like on Balnab uh, when they get to... Uh, where the the fake hollow god is being projected by the pit droids. I love those uh, that just kind of community wrapping around the outside of that hillside. Oh yeah, I did like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, there's just always that attention to detail in Star Wars of like, hey, there's a weird environment. Could people live there? Well, yeah. Well, even <laughs> to the the um, the Alenian, uh, the their planet, uh, they're they're not their planet, but they're like they're literally their village, their city. They, they they very intricate designs are up on StarWars.com if you guys go look through it. That they always do such a great job on those episode guides and the trivia gallery and all that kind of stuff. But they, they, they that, that that's not nothing is throwaway. Nothing is throwaway. No, no, not at all. And it looks great. Uh, all right, to wrap up our conversation then, if you could have a figure or toy inspired by these episodes, uh, what might you want? I mentioned one I already wanted. I want maybe, you know what I want? Not a bobblehead, but, you know, kind of like a, you know, those old hula girls you'd put on your dash. I wouldn't put on the dash of my car, <laughs> but maybe if you're driving a cab or something in New York in the 60s. Uh, I want like a lenient experience in an aftershock so I can just put it on the dash of my car and it just shakes as I drive. I can be... <laughs> tickled pink every time i see it i want that and then we need i don't care six inch three and three quarters both sideshow we do need r2d2 with toppled dictator viscera stain <laughs> that was the first thing i wrote as well as r2d2 with big hazu viscera splatter absolutely you tell me that wouldn't be hot off the shelves it would oh three and three quarter uh yeah vintage ret- retro yeah because, <laughs> black series yeah everything sideshow here's the thing they'd announced that at like pulse hasbro pulse con 2022 or star wars celebration 2022 and a lot of the fandom would be like what what is that because <laughs> I, I this is probably two of the most uh skipped over clone wars episodes guarantee and that's a shame that's a shame that it's one of the least watched watch it folks but i think uh then it would cause people to go dig in more yeah, come for the comedy, stay for the splatter. It's look, there's a lot going on in these episodes. <laughs> Maybe the other way around. Yeah. Um uh yeah, the other thing for me is that the Kendalo tree people are so cool. I would love any figures of those, but I would love uh, a, a Haslab project. Oh, there you go. <laughs> to make like all of them to surround your three and three quarter uh, C-3PO. I think we'll have to wait a few years for that one, but I'd be thrilled. You know, by it. You know what I would love then? The Kandala. You're right. Great design. And I lo- I'm a fan of the Ensign Jackson, Lord of the Rings. I love the design there. Um, I would love, you know, they got those 12 foot skeletons going around right now. <laughs> 12, foot Kandala. 12 foot Kandala. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Just to keep celebrating autumn. Yes. Absolutely. <laughs> All right, so next up, we are going to discuss, oh boy, The Terror of Pong Krell, Season 4, Episode 7, 8, 9, and 10. Uh, the, one of the episodes is called Darkness on Embara. The whole thing could just be called Darkness. It's a, <laughs> it's a great, 
great memorable arc but uh, a lot of uh, a lot of horror to dig into so i'm looking forward to digging into the horror with you ken yeah uh what do you think the moral of this episode of our podcast should be it's kind of an immoral we've touched upon before but no matter how small you think your podcast is it makes a difference <laughs> a fabulous fabulous moral i want to tell people where they can find us absolutely and some information we are force center podcast we can be found and followed on twitter at force center pod we're on instagram youtube as well we can be liked on facebook hey who doesn't love a like on facebook find us at force center podcast we have merch available at tpublic.com slash user slash force center get an audiobook on us by going to audibletrial.com slash Force Center. Podcasts can be found on a lot of different spots, including the classics, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, but also try Spotify, the new classic, and Amazon Music as well. And other places, just search and find us. You can support us directly at patreon.com slash Center. Bit of a fun announcement here. We are going to be appearing on uh, part of the uh, Make-A-Wish charity live stream event, which is from uh, Pete Fleitzer from Around the Galaxy and uh, Scotty and the gang from the Bomb Bad Cast. And on November 6th, we're going to be on uh, their potathon, as they're calling it. It's an all-day event with them, so check it out. But we are going to be involved around 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern, or wherever the time zone is for you. We're going to be talking about the Phantom Menace and the purity impact and the story of that movie in great detail. going to be a fun <laughs> segment there. Uh, so check it out. We'll tweet out links and all that kind of stuff. Uh, very happy to be involved with that. Very, very exciting stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. And did you list your own personal things? I did not. I just, uh, you know, I just remembered. Uh, at Ken Napsack on Twitter. Follow me there. Uh, my website, KenNapsack.com, will link you to shows I do. My Game of Thrones podcast, Casually Talk. My radio show, uh, Pop Rockin' Radio, and upcoming stand-up dates. Just had a, a fun show this weekend in Burbank. Met Force Center listener David Taylor and his dad. I believe his dad's name was Bob. Uh, great. They were awesome. They were out of town visiting, and, and they caught the show. I happened to be there. It's great to meet Force center fan and friend out in the wild so go to kenapslick.com for information for more comedy dates joseph yeah you can find me uh twitter instagram tiktok as at joseph scrimshaw and then go to my website as well for all sorts of other comedy adventures uh comedy albums that i've done in the past shows i've written for and uh, if you are a fan of uh dune my wife and i on my other podcast obsessed uh, just had a big conversation about uh the movie dune Part one, uh, we talk about a lot of things, but uh, also dig into uh, what Ken had mentioned, all these uh, great discussions of uh, the similarities uh, and the differences between Dune and Star Wars. So if you're interested in that, again, uh, that podcast is called Obsessed, and you can find it all on my website at josephscrimshot.com. For now, for myself, for Ken, and of course, for the splatter of Big Hazu, this has been the Clone Wars Report. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, 
Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no brainer. Use the stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.